Hello, and welcome. This is a What If I Told You podcast, a show that is here and ready to ruin your day with our first full episode of 2022. Mm, day ruiner. It's a heavy one. Well, you can always rest assured that we ruin our own days first. Right, right. <laughs> I just recently saw a meme that says... Don't let anyone else ruin your day. Ruin your own day. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's worse. Ruining your own day. Or someone else ruining it just for stupid reasons. I don't know. See, I... I don't think I've ever experienced a situation where someone else fully ruined my day. Because usually I can, like have an issue with someone and be like fuck that person right and like be mad at them for whatever and then then go on with yeah like you know what no this isn't this isn't that deep i'm not gonna worry about this yeah so i don't know Mm. i have indeed ruined my own day though oh yeah so i don't know all the time (laughs) we are going to be talking about something that everyone has probably heard of, which is kind of good sometimes. I feel like sometimes people kind of seek out stories they already know about. Yeah, this is definitely one of those. Yeah, it's very popular, but it's, I don't want to say a good one. It's definitely not good in any way. For someone who, like ourselves, is a true crime aficionado, This type of story has the psychology that is very interesting. Right. It's interesting. Yeah. Not good. It's the fascination factor. It is not. Obviously, it is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. But the good news is it's going to be a two-parter. Yeah, that's always good news. That's always fun. I love finding a podcast that has something they are, I guess, reporting on. That has more than one episode. Yes. I love that shit. Um, I've recently been listening to the Prosecutors podcast a lot. Mm -hmm. Well, when I mean lately, I mean this past week. I've been... Because we have not recorded in quite some time. Quite some time. So, last week's episode, we recorded several weeks prior to today's recording. Yeah. Because I got COVID. Mm -hmm. Maddie fucked everything up. So... I ruined multiple people's day. Yeah. Including my own. Um, did I get toothpaste on my sh- I did. Fuck. Um, Putting <laughs> you in a home. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> um, so I got COVID and I was obviously not able to record an episode. Right. And, and I refuse to do this virtually. I hate it so much. Yeah. Um, it's a weird... It's weird. Yeah. And it's just... I don't prefer it at all. I'd rather just not. Yeah. I would say I'm 97% now. Yeah. Because I still have, like, a little throat clearing happening. With any sickness, really. I mean, you get a cold, you feel sick for four weeks. Yeah. You know. I mean, full disclosure, I 100% thought that I just had a cold. Yeah. It was touch and go there for a while. (laughs) Uh, there was like two days that I am pretty sure I had a fever, but I, I don't have a thermometer in this house for human temperatures. Mm. We just have like the meat thermometer. Yeah. I'm sure that I could have probably taken my own temperature with that. Maybe. Maybe. All right. You could have like put it under the armpit. Possibly. This will be our first chip question of the year. Yes. Can you take a human's temperature with a meat thermometer? I feel like it's been done before, but in terrible ways. I didn't, I didn't think of that. I'm thinking, first thing that comes to mind, cannibalism. Mm, Yeah. I guess you could use a meat thermometer when preparing. (laughs) This took a turn that I didn't anticipate. (laughs) I am thinking... Using the meat therm, putting it under my own tongue, and seeing if I indeed have a fever. I don't like the term meat thermometer. (laughs) (laughs) 
we're in the wrong business to use the term meat thermometer. Oh, shit. But anyways, yeah, Maddie had COVID. You know, and like we explained in our last episode, just some things have been going on. Because we also have lives. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just need to live those lives for a little bit. And a lot of podcasts actually will do, like, a school year type of yeah. show. Yeah, like, like seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Truth and Justice does that. And honestly, we've <clears throat> never done that. We've never taken more than a week break. That's that's true. So, it was well-deserved, all right? Yeah, Um. I'll be honest, I don't feel bad, so. No. But, Chip, Chip have you been abducted? We're a little concerned. The group chat has been eerily silent of late. Yeah. Um, if you can hear us, we love you. Um, if you need help, I don't know how you can reach us, but we'll we'll figure it out because we need you. Mm-hmm. Check out our TikTok. We obviously haven't posted TikToks in a minute, but we're going to be. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of TikTok, I do have some I- TikTok ideas ruminating in my brain. Perfect. So, hopefully, some of those will come to fruition. Yeah. And you will see them. And follow us on Instagram. Um, a couple random, like, metalcore bands have followed us on Instagram. Um, yeah, they seem like an obvious demographic that would start following us on Instagram. I love it. I think it's great. It's probably because every time we post for an episode, the music is usually, like, deathcore. Right. So. I mean, why wouldn't it be? Well, yeah. Yeah. I'm not putting any T-Swift on there. Whoa. That's a real bait and switch. (laughs) If I ever put (laughs) T-Swift on an Instagram story. Just know that's a cry for help. But yes, that is a sign that someone has taken Emily. It is not me if that's happening. <laughs> yes, we've been hacked. And we have an email if any of you are unaware. I know we don't get any emails from you, which is fine. We understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just Google alerts about Skinwalker Ranch. So Yeah, predominantly. Yes. Yeah. Um, what if I told you podcast at gmail.com and that's the things we like we've said before we haven't really been doing the Facebook no it's really antiquated yeah and I mean I guess I could start doing it again Eh. I don't really want to no we've we're abandoning ship on the Facebook and we're gonna just direct those efforts to the TikTok yeah it Sorry, Facebook, but... No. You're very 2010. Yeah, honestly, any group that I've joined that I come across on my news feed on Facebook, I have been unadding them. Not unadding them, but unfollowing them. Yeah. <clears throat> so, sorry if you're a Facebook person and not an Instagrammer, but if that is the case, just go ahead and make an Instagram and follow us. Instagram is so much more fun. Yeah, and it's easier to use. It's easier to use and it's more fun um, because most of the time on Instagram, you don't have people posting five page Facebook statuses about some bitch at the grocery store. Exactly. No one wants to read that. Exactly. So. Um, For the breakfast nook, we can just talk about our breakfast instead of Whataburger. Yeah, this was a spitball situation. I do want to try Whataburger though. Yeah, I've heard it's not that great. Yeah. Um, Here's my thing about a burger joint. You're going to be hard-pressed to beat five guys. Yeah, that's that's, what I'm saying. That's what's going to be in my brain when I'm eating Whataburger is, how does this stack up to five guys? Yeah, because five guys never misses. Never, never misses. And how many fries are you giving me? Because five guys... You only have to order a small. Right. Because they just fill the bottom of your bag with fries. Right. And it's made with peanut oil. Yeah. Obviously, that is superior. I just feel like I have to try it 
because there's a huge hubbub about Whataburger. Yeah. So I got to try it. Not tonight. Uh, Dakota's flying out for Pennsylvania tomorrow. So tonight is our Valentine's Day evening. Oh. I am making chicken tikka masala. Oh. Because we had this at this tiny little shoebox sized Indian restaurant in, in London. Mm-hmm. And it was fucking amazing. Because there is a huge Indian population in England because obviously England colonized the entire country of India for quite some time Mm -hmm. in the early, like, late 1800s, early 1900s. And then you have, obviously, Mahatma Gandhi doing his thing. And then India broke away from England at some point, mid-1900s. But anyway, huge population of uh, Indian restaurants in london so i knew oh, yeah. we had to hit one. Oh, yeah it was probably the best food we had in in london oh that Indeed. sounds good yeah that sounds good so if you're in london hit up some indian food yeah if you just happen to be there while listening right now go ahead and make that stop <laughs> i'm assuming if you're in london right now and you're listening you're a londoner and you already know right so. But we're already planning our next European trip. Fuck yeah. Goal is October 2023. Okay, that's a good um, goal. <clears throat> we're going to do Paris. Ooh. Dakota, <laughs> Dakota kind of, he is like in between going back to London because we liked it so much. Mm-hmm. But also going to Germany because the company he works for is German. Yeah. Umlauts. Drager has umlauts on the A. Uh. But I was like, okay, well, we've already been to London. Mm -hmm. Let's go somewhere that we haven't gone yet. Neither one of us speak German. Yeah. I can speak a smattering of French. So let's go to France. Also, ulterior motives, I want to go to a bookstore in France. Right. Which is the main reason. The only reason. That I wouldn't just say, yeah, let's go to Germany. Because yeah. I know Germany is badass. But I mean, I bet the food in Germany slaps. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I love some German food, but I also love French food. Well, yeah. But Shakespeare & Co. bookstore, I've been obsessed with my whole life, literally. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I have to go. Yeah, I mean, bookstore and escargot. I, oh, I love escargot. Sit at the bookstore, eating some escargot. Yeah, and drinking French coffee. Yeah, that sounds fucking gross together, but... Gotta do what you gotta do. Very French. And the great thing about Shakespeare & Co. is where it's located is in, like, the Latin Quarter, so it's really close to Notre Dame. Mm. So I found a ton of Airbnbs in the Latin Quarter, so most of them we could look at our window, see Notre Dame, and then I can just walk down the street to Shakespeare & Co. Yeah. And there's, like, all these fresh food markets. Ooh. I might not come back. That's what I'm saying. That's, I'm sitting here listening to this thing. Poor Dakota is going to be alone on this vacation. So you're <laughs> going to wake up in the morning and just head out for the day. Sayonara. Um, my name is French. Madeline. I've got a bit of French in my DNA. So I'm it never was, coming home. It was meant to be. It was meant to See be. See you later. Bye. We'll be ending the podcast because I refuse to record virtually. (laughs) (laughs) And the time difference between here and France. No, thank you. No, I think that fucked me up. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay, so what are we talking about today? Trigger warning. Trigger warning. Please. Warning. Um, we're talking about Chris Watts. Ooh. Yeah, Chris Watts. Um, all of you have heard about him. And... All of us know him. What a monster he is yep i had to i explained to my mom a little bit last night just kind of like the the gist well brody and i explained to mom and she just kind of sat there like yeah no thank you yeah fuck no. that guy i did rewatch the documentary a handful of weeks ago i didn't yeah. really need to i um, also rewatched it uh a few weeks ago but they do a good job on the documentary. Yeah, it's a it's a really well. I feel like Netflix knows how to do a documentary. Yeah, and it's it's facts. You know, yeah, it's yeah. yeah. 
exactly it's it's good um so you should watch it definitely we watch recommend it. you watch it but chris watts is what we call a family annihilator and i hadn't really heard of that term i feel like until the chris watts case well no i'm trying to think of someone else um fisher what is his first name? Is it Robert Fisher? He's the guy who killed his whole family and then him and his dog left. And then mm. they found the car with the dog, but have never found him. That might be that might be where I first heard that term. Mm-hmm. There's also a case from the late 70s, Jeffrey McDonald. He killed oh, his whole Oh, yeah. Family. Yeah. I just listened to a prosecutor's podcast on that particular case. It's fucked. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there's quite a bit of cases. Yeah. Of this thing, happening. Yeah, these sorts of things, and it's wild to me. Yeah, I do feel like the Jeffrey McDonald case and the Robert Fisher case are both pretty obscure, mm-hmm. unless you like consume a lot of true crime stories you probably wouldn't know them but like i guess scott peterson would be considered a family annihilator to an extent yeah it's i mean lacy was pregnant right so but then he was he was only killing one person her technically i mean of course she was pregnant but right if you believe that scott peterson is guilty (sighs) right I mean, he's guilty. He's fucking guilty. Like we said earlier, this is going to be a two-part episode because it's a, I mean, it's a very big story. And this is the longest outline I have ever written. Yeah, it's, it's long. Like, to put things into perspective, I feel like our outlines average nine to 14 pages, maybe. Sometimes even six. Yeah, I would, my, when I was talking to Dakota about this, I was like, our typical, like, regular stories are usually, like, 6 to 10. Yeah. And six, this... Let's say 6 to 12. Yeah. So, this one is 23. <laughs> yeah, that is insane. This also could be a product of the fact that I spent several weeks writing this. It's going to be detailed as fuck. <laughs> Um, I cannot be trusted with too much time. But, I mean, this story really deserves all the details. But just to outline what will be in each episode, today we'll talk about who Shanann and Chris Watts are and a little bit about their lives and their marriage because that in itself is like absolutely no way this could have happened. Yeah. And then we'll go through the timeline of Shanann's, who is his wife, and then Bella and Cece, who are their two daughters, will go through their disappearances. Mm-hmm. In part two, we'll talk more in depth about what led Chris Watts to murder all three of them. And we'll talk about some of the little details, like the text between Shanann and her friends, and that kind of show the breakdown of their marriage. And then, of course, at the end, we will kind of end it like we do any other episode. Thoughts, opinions, so, which I'm sure you can predict what those are going to be. We haven't given it away at all. No, no. Okay, so who were Chris and Shanann Watts? You may be asking yourselves. Well, Shanann, we're going to start with Shanann because she's the victim here and fuck Chris, so... Um, Shanann was born January 10th, 1984 in Passaic County, New Jersey. Her maiden name was Shanann Catherick Ruchek, I think is how her last name is spelled. That looks how, yeah. If it's incorrect, I'm really sorry. Her family lived in Aberdeen, North Carolina for most of her life, and she went to Pinecrest High School. Her parents are Frank and Sandra Ruchek, and she has one brother named Frankie. Shanann had one previous marriage to a man named Leonard, but they divorced in 2009. Not a lot of information is out there about Leonard or why they divorced, but I'm assuming they were just young. And she met Chris Watts in 2010. 
Um, Shanann and Chris were married November 3rd, 2012. So they dated for quite a while before they got married. Um, so it wasn't like a shotgun wedding or anything. They had two daughters, Bella Marie, who was born December 17th, 2013, and Celeste C.C. Catherine, born July 17th, 2015. At the time of her disappearance, Shanann was also about 15 weeks pregnant with their third child, a boy that they were planning on naming Nico. Um, the couple lived in Colorado, and Shanann was working as an HR specialist at, hold on to your hats, this name is fucking ridiculous, Children's Hospital Colorado Onshoots Medical Campus. We had this problem in the Scott Peterson coverage. Everything that was titled had like 12 names. I feel like everything is excessive, honestly. Pick like Children's Anschutz Medical Campus. Yeah. Anschutz Medical Campus. Yeah. Children's Campus. Children's. Children's. Hospital. Hospital. <laughs> no. It was in Aurora, Colorado, and she started working there in 2013. She worked there until 2016. So, Shanann left the Children's Hospital in 2016 because she joined an MLM, a multi-level marketing company, called Lavelle, and she was marketing Thrive health and wellness products. Um, I... I have never heard of the company Lavelle, but I did have some, like, acquaintance of acquaintances that I would always see on Facebook, like, posting Thrive shit, mm -hmm. I think. Were they drinks? I don't I think, know. Yeah, like, drinks and patches and supplements, I think. Yeah. I, so I do remember the Thrive things, but I... Obviously was never a part of it. Never even purchased any of this nonsense. Yeah. Uh, so I had no idea of the company Lavelle. But I don't even know if they still exist anymore. I didn't bother to look it up. I'm assuming probably maybe they do. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. People are increasingly suspicious of MLMs. Rightly so. Yeah. Especially when it comes to health and wellness. Yeah. Yeah, like, Come I'll on. buy your fucking candles and your nail polish, but yeah, I'm not taking your dietary supplements. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. Uh, because, you know what? I'm just going to continue eating healthy. Right. Like, I'll, I'll pop a vitamin C once in a while. Leave yeah. me alone. Yeah. yeah. Like, I do take an omega-3 supplement, but that's really because... Omega-3 fatty acids are good for your hair growth in your brain. Right. I'm pretty, pretty pumped about keeping my brain legit, so. That's important. So I take that, but I don't take supplements uh, or I vitamins. Either. I don't either. I had a phase when I was, like, early 20s, like 20, where I took a lot of vitamins. I took, I would take, like, biotin, niacin, thiamine, like all the B vitamins, mm -hmm. you know, you don't need to be out here just taking random supplements. Take no. supplements that like your doctor tells you that you need. Yeah. I've taken magnesium for headaches. Yeah. I've never taken, well, I did take magnesium for a while after I had my passing out incident. Oof. Um, <laughs> sorry, Linda. I threw up in her car. Uh, anyway, so she she did thrive or Lavelle or whatever. She seemed to be really successful. Yeah, working at this job, uh, it's very hard to say exactly like hard dollars. I tried to find like not how much Shanann specifically made working at Lavelle, but more. What is an average salary at Lavelle? Couldn't couldn't find any concrete answer. Yeah. For every answer, there was, like, a debunk. 
Yeah, and I feel like if it's something like that, it's going to be different for everyone. Yeah. I, well, I, I agree, but, like, I knew, I was friends with a lot of people who did Young Living, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of Young Living products. I never, like, sold it or anything because I'm really shit at selling stuff. I'm like, oh, you want this? Nah, cool. See yeah. Um, but a lot of people that I really loved did Young Living, so I, like, bought shit from them just because I wanted to support them. Yeah. And I like to turn on my diffuser and put Young Living oils in there. It makes my whole house smell amazing. That's really all I have it for. But, yeah. um, they're, like, documents or whatever. Like, I can look up the different, le- like, levels, and it'll tell you an average salary for that level. Like, yeah. if you hit whatever rank it'll tell you an average salary yeah Lavelle didn't have I couldn't find anything like that because that's what I was thinking of knowing so many people who were making a lot of money yeah. with Young Living I thought Lavelle would have something similar but they didn't hmm. that I could find yeah I don't know maybe I just wasn't searching correct I don't know but she was really successful with Lavelle, it appears, she had a really huge online presence. I think she's probably what we would consider an early stage of, like, the influencer. Yeah. Like, 2016 is probably just before you have a a lot of Instagram influencers. So, uh, she's probably kind of ahead of that curve because she's still heavily using Facebook, Facebook Lives, stuff like that. So she's kind of the early iteration of the social media influencer. Yeah. She really, like, took hold of that and yeah went with it. Yeah. She showed a lot of their daily lives, like, doing stuff with her kids, and she would feature mm-hmm. Chris in a lot of them. So. Yeah. It was very, it had a very influencer kind of vibe. Like, it was all very happy. Yep. They're all pretty and... Like the perfect couple, perfect little family. They live in Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing. So now, Chris. Ooh. He was born May 16th, 1985. Is it Fayetteville? Mm Mm-hmm. It really gets to me because when you see Lafayette. Oh, yeah. You know. In Fayetteville, North Carolina... His parents are Ronnie and Cindy Watts, and he has one sister named Jamie Lynn Williams. Um, After Chris and Shanann got married, they visited Colorado and fell in love with this town called Frederick, and they ended up buying a $393,000 house. It was five bedrooms, and they bought that in April of 2013. Mm Mm-hmm. I think Frederick is a suburb of Denver because she worked in Aurora, and Aurora is roughly 20-minute drive to Denver. Mm-hmm. When Dakota and I went to Denver several years ago, we stayed in Aurora. Okay. So. I've never been to Colorado. Um, <clears throat> It's lovely. Yeah. It gets a lot of hype, though. Yeah, it's very touristy now. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why, like, it's never my top, like vacation spot yeah especially if i'm gonna go to the mountains like my dad and angel used to drive a semi truck over the road before she got sick Mm -hmm. and they've been to the entire continental 48 yeah and he says the best mountains are idaho really he said if you're if you want to go on vacation and mountains is where you want to be he said idaho hook us up john with no h yeah Idaho, what's what's good? Chris was an employee at Anadarko Petroleum, and his salary was around sixty-one thousand a year. And when Shanann was working at the hospital, she was earning just shy of twenty dollars an hour. So I don't really know what the cost of living is like in Colorado, but I mean, that's, that's a pretty good family income, I would say. Her, like Maddie said earlier, her Lavelle, Lavelle salary was not disclosed, but I would assume she was making quite a bit more doing that than what she was making at the hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, 
her car was paid for by Lavelle. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that the car she drove was paid for by Lavelle. Yeah, but like we said, it's a gray area. So yeah, yeah. Based on these incomes, it's pretty wild that they have an almost $400,000 home. I mean, that's a lot. If I think about the house you could get here for $400,000. Yeah. We're talking like mansion almost. Yeah. That shit is yeah. wild. Their mortgage is probably around 3000 a month. Uh, yeah. That's so much. I saw on a like a lee summit for rent for sale facebook page i saw someone post in there like looking for a three-bedroom home for rent my max is 2700 a month do not pay someone 2700 dollars to rent their three-bedroom house that is insane rent Fuck that that's so crazy oh that's God. that's almost twice my mortgage that is twice my mortgage yeah that's wild. Jesus. Anyways. Anyway. There are pictures in the documentary of the house that Shanann built in North Carolina before she met Chris. Um, and they got married. It was like a really big, nice house. So by selling that, they most likely made enough for a healthy down payment on the Colorado house. So. Yeah. Maybe their mortgage wasn't $3,000 a month. Yeah. they. It, yeah. It, yeah. I don't know. It's very... Who knows? Yeah. But, I mean, since we don't know her salary, we can't really comment on the financial situation of, you know, their relationship and their family. But, I mean, if he's making $61,000 a year and she's at least probably making what she was making at the hospital, if not more, mm-hmm. they're pr- they're good. Yeah. They were good. They're, they were probably okay. Yeah. In June of 2015, um, I say that and then... (laughs) Yeah, I think this is before she worked at Lavelle. Yeah. In June 2015, Chris and Shanann filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy in Colorado Federal Court, and they had to pay $44,800 in debt, and the bankruptcy case was closed in October of 2015. Like Maddie just said, this was before she started with Lavelle when she was still working at the hospital. Um, And it could have honestly been the catalyst that led her to join Lavelle to make more money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, the bankruptcy, it's unclear if their house was included in the bankruptcy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. My, my initial guess is they had a lot of credit cards and that, because forty four thousand eight hundred, that makes that amount makes me think credit cards, or vehicles, or vehicles. Yeah. Because like I think, I don't know. For some reason, I feel like I always hear the average American has twenty thousand dollars in credit card debt. So, Oof. if they each had twenty thousand in credit card debt, you would get to this dollar amount. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It could have been anything, but that's what I initially thought when I read that. Okay. So what happened to Shanann and Bella and Cece? So this starts uh, in the wee morning hours of August 13th, 2018. So this is a very recent case. I actually fully remember when these, when Shanann, Bella, and Cece went missing. Mm -hmm. We still worked at the court Mm -hmm. and this was... Like a breaking case. Yeah. Wild. Um, so Shanann had been on a short business trip to Arizona with Lavelle, and she was dropped off at her home by her friend Nicole Atkinson around 1.48 a.m. Later that morning, Shanann was supposed to have a few appointments, an OBGYN appointment at 9 and a business meeting with Nicole Atkinson sometime after that. I don't know around exactly what time she was planning on meeting Nicole, Maybe 10-ish. I don't know. But Shanann missed both appointments. And she was not returning any calls or texts from Nicole. This is particularly strange for Shanann because she was basically never without her phone. It's 
how she did her job. Mm-hmm. So she was almost never unresponsive and she always had her phone with her. So Nicole's like, um, okay, something's up. And as any friend would do, she goes to Shanann's house. Yep. And she knocks on the door, rings the doorbell, gets no answer. But she does notice that Shanann's car is there. Hmm. Interesting. So Nicole then calls Chris and she's like, yo, where's Shanann? Chris told Nicole that he had left for work between 5.15 and 5.30 that morning and that Shanann and the girls were asleep when he left. So Nicole told Chris that she was going to call the police. And Chris is like, no, please don't do that. (laughs) But she did anyway. Good job, Nicole. And she called the Frederick Police Department and reported Shanann missing and requested the police come to the Watts home to do a welfare check. At this point, Chris is like, uh, I should probably go. So he goes home and I think he worked about 45 minutes away from their house. An officer arrives at the Watts home around 1.40 p.m. The officer waited with Nicole Atkinson outside the house until Chris arrived to let them in. And at which point Chris consented to the officer entering and searching the house. So the office see whenever the officer arrived before Chris got there in the dock, you can see Nicole start to go into the house. Yeah. But the officer's like, you can go in, but I can't go in unless the homeowner is here and allows me. He didn't have a warrant, so he has to get consent. Right. At this point, Shanann, Bella, and Cece were all missing. The house is completely empty. But so were their bedsheets. Hmm. We're going to go ahead and call this one a red flag. Absolutely. Further oddities were discovered inside the house. First and foremost being that Shanann's belongings were all found, including her purse, phone, and car keys. And as we've already said, her car. So it's strange enough that all three victims were unaccounted for and their bed sheets were unaccounted for. But it's more strange that Shanann's stuff was still there, especially since Nicole said Shanann never went anywhere without her phone. Clearly, Shanann did not leave on her own unless she took off on foot pregnant with two children under the age of five. Yeah. Wrapped in bed sheets. Yeah. Uh, so we'll go and say, go ahead and say that that's pretty unlikely. Highly. Highly unlikely. Highly. Um, so at this point, an investigation begins, obviously. Thank the Lord. <laughs> and a neighbor, this, this dude, a rock star. This dude knows what's up. Yeah. Yeah. A neighbor of the Watts family had cameras on the outside of his home. And in the dock, you can actually see the footage that he had. It's not like fucking groundbreaking. No. But it's something. Yeah. And the officer and Chris goes to this neighbor's house to look at this footage from that morning. And Chris is acting very weird. He is visibly disturbed. Yeah. And so in the video... Um, it shows Shanann arriving home from her trip, and then a few hours later, you can see Chris back his truck into their garage and then leave a few minutes after that. And, oh shit, Chris says that it's him pulling into the garage to load tools and then leave for work. Makes sense. Yeah. A lot of people point to this whole backing into the garage and then leaving as kind of a sign of his guilt like they point to this saying this is so unusual Mm -hmm. as someone whose dad always had a truck bed full of tools this does not strike me as odd in the least the only thing that strikes me as odd is if he was just loading like even two or three toolboxes into Mm -hmm. the bed of his truck he could have just just opened his garage door, grabbed him from the garage, put him in the bed of his truck. Did he have right. to back into the garage 
to load that stuff. I mean, obviously not. Right. That's the only weird thing. It seems extra to me. It It is extra. Of course, you know, as devil's advocate, he could just be a lazy. Right. But to me, it seems like you're really going to get in your truck, back into the garage just to save yourself walking an extra eight feet. Yeah. But I don't know. But people go to a random parking lot to go to Walmart and back into a spot. Well, that's true. I just that I when I see people do that, I'm like, really? What what the fuck good is that? Just pull in. You're holding me up. Pull in the spot. I don't mind that. I just think it's weird. Why have to back into the garage to get your tools? Just exit your house through your garage. Grab your fucking tools and walk out to your truck. Right. Why walk out to your truck, back your truck into the garage, load the tools, go back out of the garage, close the garage? See, my I'm guessing if that scenario were, if we didn't know that he committed this crime, obviously. Right. If, he, if this was like a Scott Peterson situation where he was still denying that he did this, then I would probably look at this instance as something that we don't need to pay attention to. Because, I mean, if you're thinking of, like, what kind of tools does he have? Maybe he has something that's large. Maybe he has tool bags and a toolbox and some loose tools and some PPE, personal protective equipment. At that point, I'd just say tr- park your truck in the garage so you're not unloading the shit every day. Of course, but that's, I mean... yeah. I don't park I mean, I'm just saying that people look at this and use this specific thing as a, as a proof of his guilt. Yeah. Oh, no. And I am just saying, I don't see this as being that suspicious. No. I think it's a little sus just because I can sit here and think about why would you do that? I mean, obviously. But, obviously. But, you anyways. know. Anyways. It's just something that I think people should pump the brakes on. There are other things he's doing that are way more suspicious. Let's stop with the garage. Yeah. Um, So what isn't seen in the footage is kind of the most telling part. Chris claimed that Shanann had a play date that day. We also know that she had a doctor's appointment and a business meeting with Nicole, which we both know that, or we all know that, she missed both of them and she is never seen leaving the house it's also interesting that in the documentary the neighbor actually tells the officer that chris is not acting right you can like you can hear him say that see him say that chris like exits its neighbor's house the neighbor Mm -hmm. like pulls the officer to the side like hey he's acting weird yeah it's crazy And, um, he said that Chris isn't normally, like, fidgety or restless, but clearly at this point he is, and you can see that. Yeah. I mean, if my, you know, if my wife and kids were missing, I'd probably be fidgety and restless too, but for someone who is very used to that person, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, and I think, uh, what the neighbor is also picking up on is there is someone who isn't doesn't seem extra worried Mm -hmm. about the whereabouts of his family, but he's still, like, really fidgety and nervous. Yeah. So, like... And wasn't it the neighbor that told the officer, like, she's pregnant, too? Or, no, no, it was Chris. Wait, was it Chris? I I think it was Chris when they were at the neighbor's house. Because remember on his footage, that, like, commercial pops up of, like, a developing fetus. I think it is Chris. Yeah. You're right. You're right. But anyways. Anyways, yeah. Um, <laughs> what's really interesting is that it doesn't seem that there was ever an investigation into the disappearance in the traditional sense. The police actually honed in on Chris pretty fucking early, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. We do think that Shanann's friends and family organized search efforts, and as we will talk about in a bit, Chris did a TV interview. But other than that, police didn't really canvas or anything of that sort. And we think they knew who the culprit was from the jump. Pretty much. I mean, it, 
it's pretty clear. It's pretty clear. Yeah, he just like nonchalantly gets home, lets him in the house, and is like, her purse is here. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, anyways. Ooh. Okay, so we're going to go through the timeline of the uh, marriage problems and all the way up until the conclusion. Yeah. But we're going to gloss because we're going to talk more in depth about that next week. So it's important to understand the marriage of Chris and Shanann in order to see the red flags. So we're going to backtrack all the way to June 11th, 2018. So this is when... Shanann records video of her surprising Chris Watts with the news that she's pregnant with her third child. Um, so she's wearing like a t-shirt that says like, oops, we did it again or something. Mm -hmm. And she's recording him come into the kitchen and his response is, quote, that's awesome. And then he kisses her and says, quote, I guess when you want to, it happens. Okay. Yeah. Um, there are quite a few people online and in the doc that claim his reaction to this news seems odd or not genuine. Um, I, I feel like it does seem like he's not incredibly excited, but I also think a lot of people kind of look at these things in hindsight and want to see more in the reaction than maybe there was at the time. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't, he wasn't excited. Yeah, I mean, I, if I were her, I would have been pissed. I would have been like, all right, fuck you. Yeah, I mean, of course. I. It's clear he's not excited. Mm -hmm. And when he said his first word is, that's awesome. Okay. Like, that's what you say when you open a gift that you don't really like. Yeah. Like, oh, this is awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think on June 11th, he's thinking, fuck, I gotta murder this. Gotta murder them all. This yeah. is too much. No, he's just a dick. He's just being a dick, mm -hmm. which I think he just is a dick. Yeah, you can kind of look at him and tell that he's a dick. You can tell. Yeah. Um, so then June 14th, Shanann records a video of Bella, who's four, she's the oldest, singing a song about how much she loves her dad. Um, the words to the song are, my daddy is a hero. He helps me grow up strong. He helps me snuggle too. He reads me books. He ties my shoes. You're my hero through and through. Daddy, daddy, I love you. That's really precious. I wonder if Shanann wrote that. I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Hopefully. I don't know if this is like stock shit that you can get on the internet, but whatever. It seems like it was normal for Shanann to post these types of things on Facebook. She was, as we've said, kind of a social media influencer mm -hmm. at the time. Painting a very picturesque life of her and her family. Um, interesting about June 14th, this is the day that Chris encounters his coworker, Nicole Kessinger, and enters her information in his phone. Hmm. She would later become his mistress. According to Kessinger, she and Chris began dating seriously at the end of June. Kind of weird to date a married man with children seriously hmm. but hmm. yeah stay tuned we are going to get into that deeply yeah. later yeah um so june 17th sometime around this date chris tells kessinger that he is married and has kids but is in the process of separating kessinger told this to police later on Father's Day, Shanann writes a tribute to her husband on Facebook and says, Chris, we are so incredibly blessed to have you. You do so much every day for us and take such great care of us. You are the reason I was brave enough to agree to number three. As to Kessinger claiming that she and Watt, that Watts told her he was separating from Shanann at this point seems to be up in the air. But we will get to that. Yeah. June 19th. Shanann shares a picture of her first ultrasound on Facebook, adding that her husband is, quote, the best dad us girls could ask for. In June 27th, Shanann takes Bella and Cece to North Carolina for a five-week vacation while her husband stays home and works. Mm. Uh, seems a little strange to me that they would go on such a long trip without Chris Watts, unless there was some underlying problems, but no way to know for sure at this point. 
All right, so now we're in July 2018. Mm-hmm. On July 4th, Kessinger goes to Chris's house for the first time to, quote unquote, set up his diet and weight loss exercise goals. And this is what she told police later on. July 7th, 2018, a first phone call is logged between Chris and Kessinger. And we're guessing that up to this point, their relationship relationship has existed mostly through text. July 10th, 2018, um, there's uh, some signs of tension beginning to show in their marriage. And this is according to their text message conversations. This The doc does a really good job covering all of this. Mm, they um, do. So here's kind of an example. Um, Shanann says, you okay? It's like you don't want to talk. I kept trying to talk and I had to dig it out of you. Chris says, I'm fine, baby. The last few days at work have put a lot of responsibility on me with new people. I didn't mean to seem short, boo. I love you to the moon and back. Shanann says, I miss you and I feel like you just want to work out and run. Chris says, running helps clear my head. It's a way to free it all. And Shanann said, I wish my husband wanted to talk to me. Sad. Real sad. Um, we're going to get into all of these message messages in depth in part two, so you'll have to come back and listen. There's a lot of them. There's so. a lot, yeah. July 14th, 2018, Chris and Kessinger go on a date to a car museum, and... That afternoon, Shanann made four calls to Chris, which were all unanswered. July 18th, 2018, Kessinger sent Chris semi-nude photos of herself, which he stores on a secret calculator app on his phone. Mm-hmm. And we've, I think we've talked about these things that you can have on your phone, like mm-hmm. secret apps and shit. Yeah. Um, where it does look very unassuming. Which, sadly, are probably pretty common. I'm guessing they're pretty common. So, these apps you can download on your phone, um, you know, that look unassuming, something like a calculator or some shit. But if you enter a code, you can get the data that that person wanted hidden, like nudes. (laughs) I'm guessing mostly nudes. Yeah. And texts. Yeah. Um... Did we talk about this a little in the Scott Peterson episode? I don't remember. Because he's the only other, like, family annihilator person we've done. Yeah. Maybe. But that would, that also happened in the early 2000s, so this would not have been a thing. Yeah. So, maybe we talked about it, like, this is how people do it today, but I don't know. Mm. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. Is the thing, so... So, July 28th, 2018. You know what? All of you can just assume this is 2018 because I'm yeah. saying it. Yeah. Um, July 28th, Chris and Kessinger visit the Great Sand Dunes National Park and spend the night at a nearby campground. July 30th, Chris gives Kessinger a love letter before leaving town to join his family on their summer vacation. Oh, gross. The inside of the letter contained lyrics to a song... Down to Earth by the band Through the Roots. Mm. Lame as fuck. You sappy sap. July 31st, Chris flies to North Carolina for the final week of his family's vacation. And the reunion between Chris and Shanann does not appear to be happy. Nope. Um, And this is according to a copy of text that Shanann sent to Chris, which she later forwarded to a friend. Um, but essentially these messages detail the flight between Chris's parents, not the flight, (laughs) detail the fight between Chris's parents and Shanann. Um, Chris's parents exposed Cece to nuts, which she is severely allergic to. And Shanann was of course upset because they knew that. Yeah. And peanut allergies are incredibly dangerous. Yeah. Um, some people can't even be in the same room as nuts. I mean, you can't even pack a PB&J for your kids anymore at school. Yeah, uh, that was a thing. Uh, a class I took several semesters ago was 
like three hours in the evening so we brought snacks every week mm-hmm. and one of the rules was no snacks that contained nuts yeah because someone in the class was allergic to nuts yeah um you can do august all right august <clears throat> august 4th twelve forty-five a.m Shanann sends her husband a long message accusing him of failing to stand up for her after his parents exposed Cece to nuts, which she's allergic to. Later later that day, Shanann appears to have another fight with her in-laws, which made them skip Cece's birthday party. That's petty. Um, again, on August 4th, Chris is still in North Carolina with Shanann. Kessinger searches wedding dresses on the internet for over two hours according to a review of her cell phone data okay august 7th shanann confides in friends about her problems with chris shanann confides to her friend that chris told her he's scared to have a third child and he's happy with just their two daughters okay a little late for that my man Um, she also told her friend that she and Chris had not been affectionate. He hadn't touched her or kissed her and they hadn't had sex in a long time. This was a part of the doc that really stood out to me was Shanann says it multiple times in text messages to her friends, like how long it had been since they had actually had sex. Mm -hmm. Wild. August 9th, Shanann tells a friend that Chris Watts went to her ultrasound, but was really cold toward her. And so she decided to cancel the baby's gender reveal party. She expressed to her friend that she'd been crying every night. That's so sad. Later August 9th, Shanann leaves for a business trip to Arizona. On the way there, she tells her friend that she had her, quote, best talk yet with Chris the night before. Shanann texts a friend a handwritten letter she drafted to give to her husband in which she says she doesn't know how they, quote, fell out of compatibility. We will read the note in its entirety in part two. We are going to keep teasing you about part two for the rest of this episode. (laughs) On August 11th, Chris hires a babysitter saying he's going to Colorado Rockies game with his coworkers when in fact he's taking Kissinger on a date to a sports bar in Erie, Colorado. Just break up with your wife. Just break up with your wife. Just move out. She's She's on a business trip. Move the fuck out. Yeah. Jesus. August 12th, Shanann sends a friend a draft of a speech she plans to give Watts when she returns to Colorado the next day. And now we get back into the events of Shanann going missing. August 13th, 1.48, surveillance cameras capture Shanann returning home. Chris told investigators he was sleeping when she came in, and he said she woke him up, initiated sex, so they had sex, and then they went to bed. At 5.27 a.m., the neighbor's camera shows Chris backing into his garage and then pulling out of the driveway. At 10.10, Chris looks up the lyrics to a Metallica song called Battery. Not sure this is all that relevant, but people bring it up. Maybe it goes to state of mind. Sure, I don't know. At 12.27, Shanann's and uh, Chris's realtor texts them in a group chat and Watts responds about the current state of their home and what they'd be looking for in a new home. Shanann is obviously not responding to this text thread and the realtor notices. Obviously the realtor knows that Shanann would normally be the leader of this conversation and not Chris Watts. Um, So Chris tells the realtor that quote, she hasn't been around all day. It's very odd. Of course, this is a strange way to phrase that his wife is missing. It is obviously strange that Watts would be having this conversation with the realtor while his wife and children are actively missing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, at 1.40 p.m. that day, Nicole Atkinson reports Shanann and the girls missing. We've already gone through most of, like, what's happened on these days when we talked about the investigation. But, you know, as we said, they went into the house when Chris showed up. Chris explains Shanann's plans for the day. They find all of her shit still in the house. No bed sheets. Suspicious. Mm-hmm. So on August 14th, 
During the afternoon, Chris appears on Denver 7 News to talk about Shanann and the girl's disappearance. This is what he says. Shanann, Bella, Celeste, if you're out there, just come back. If somebody has her, please just bring her back. I need to see everybody. I need to see everybody again. This house is not complete without anybody here. Hmm. <laughs> this is a really weird way to talk about your entire family being missing. Mm-hmm. Um, the doc actually shows this interview and... Chris Watts is not the least bit emotional while he's giving this riveting plea for the return of his family. No. (laughs) It's so weird. That's the weirdest thing to say. I know. I mean, God, be a better actor. If you're going to do it, fucking act right, bro. (laughs) This is so silly. Yeah. Um, On August 15th, In the evening, police discover that Chris had been having an affair. So they call him in for questioning and a polygraph. He fails the polygraph. Obviously, we don't need to kick a dead horse and talk about polygraphs, but whatever. Um, At this point, he's failed the polygraph. They tell him he's failed. And so he says, I want to talk to my dad. So his dad comes in, investigators leave them alone, and Chris Watts admits to his father that he strangled Shanann in a fit of rage after he discovered Shanann had killed Bella and Cece. All right. At 11.30 that night, Chris is arrested on three charges of first-degree murder, three charges of tampering with a deceased human body. Cool. August 16th, Shanann's body is found in a shallow grave near an oil site where Chris Watts had been working with Anadarko Petroleum, and the bodies of Bella and Cece were found in the two oil tanks at the site. Watts had obviously told police where to find the remains. August 21st, Chris Watts is arraigned in court. Shanann's family were all present. Her brother, Frankie, actually confronts Chris, and there are pictures of Shanann's father in the courtroom sobbing uncontrollably and it's really heartbreaking um november 6th chris watts pleads guilty to all nine counts against him and pleading guilty to five counts of first degree murder chris watts negated his initial story that his wife killed their daughters and assumed responsibility to killing all three of them himself However, he never actually said that he killed Bella and Cece, nor did he say that Shanann did not kill them. Two additional murder charges were added because the children were under the age of 12. Yeah, which is why it's five counts instead of three. Right. Yeah. He also pleaded guilty to three counts of tampering with a deceased human body and one count of unlawful termination of a pregnancy. November 19th. Um, Chris Watts is sentenced to three consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole. And we have discussed the definition of consecutive in previous episodes, but for anyone who is new here, consecutive means that they are to be served one after the other, opposed to concurrent, which means all sentences can be served and run at the same time. So, yeah, a little knowledge nugget. Yeah. Um, that's part one. That's, that's part one. (laughs) So sorry. Uh, we had to run through the end of that, like, pretty quickly. Yeah. I kind of like it, though. I feel like it's going to make people want to hear the rest of it. Snappy pace. Yeah. So you need to come back for part two. Yes. Um, we're going to talk in depth about the problems between Chris and Shanann and all the details of the affair that Chris had with Nicole Kessinger. Yeah. And there's a lot to talk about concerning Kessinger and oh, yeah. uh, we want to do it justice for sure because it it's really interesting. It's the the Nicole Kessinger piece of this story is so fascinating to me and we're going to talk about it next week. Yeah. <clears throat> As always, Haley and Ariel We are in love with both of you. Madly. Um, Madly. We hope you are both doing fucking well and just out here every day killing it as we know that you are. Yep. And if you'd like to help us out, please subscribe to our show and share it with all your friends and fam. Rate us five stars and write us a little review if you have an iPhone. Yes, please. 
and uh visit our socials share our shit send us a message we would love that very much yes do the things and the stuff you know what what all that is because it's 2022 right um in the meantime please please be kind to each other and stay weird okay bye bye